Welcome to the show, Patrick. All right, there you go. Welcome to my first deal. And so, yeah, since the last time we have chatted, we had really amazing response. Our friends are telling us how good we look on camera, how much they love the knowledge, right? especially you, you know, handsome guys. So lucky for you, Clarissa. So uh, I, I invited you guys back for a special reason, because today we're going to be outlining the blueprints to achieving that $20 million real estate asset empire. Because last time we talked about your first deal, right? But today we're gonna go one step deeper so that our audience, whoever they are, they will know exactly what a blueprint is. So why don't you start? Sure, sure, um, you know. Yeah, today we're gonna talk about how to uh, build a $20 yeah. million dollar <clears throat> empire, uh, real estate empire, and okay, well, here's the thing. I could talk about how I did it, right? and the condition at that time. Sure. Right? Well, so, so why don't we talk about what we have right now. Let's say you have you know, 20 million yeah. in assets. What are you doing to manage it? Um, you know, where is it? What kind of condition it is today? And then we can talk about how we started. Sure. How we okay. started okay. one by one. Okay. Well, today I own, um, mm -hmm. I own a couple multifamily, commercial mix uh, multifamily. Right. So uh, they're all mostly in Windsor, Ontario. Okay. And the reason I purchased there, as I mentioned last time, is because we recognized uh, the property there was undervalued. Okay. And that's where we recognize the market has an opportunity to, for us to pick up assets, pennies on the. Is that asset 20, value? Yeah, twenty million. It's, it's an like asset a, value. Asset value. Yeah, that's awesome. right. And okay. there's liabilities. You know, there's equities. Yeah. In so what are you doing to actively managing it? Um, well, we have our property management in place and yeah. we have our own staff, our own team okay. to uh, do constant repairs on it. So what's, what's your structure for that? Like, do you get on a phone call every single day? Uh, like, what's, what's your normal it, work day It like? doesn't actually, the good thing about real estate is yeah. it doesn't require uh, too much activities mm -hmm. until you're doing renovation projects. So you just mm -hmm. uh, sometimes have to manage the, the, you have your own project management. Uh, people to to those renovations, you just manage them and that's it. So right. somewhat passive, right? It's look, uh, we'll say it's not completely passive, mm -hmm. right? But it is partly like an investment, right? So if you look at it, what happened is that we'll say you have the lands aspect, yeah. that's an asset. You have the building aspect, that's that's more like a functioning business on top, right? Mm -hmm. You have tenants, right. but uh, the amount um, work and time commitment usually doesn't take that much unless you're doing a lot of renovation right so so in terms of building a real estate empire real yeah. estate investment empire ideally what we're looking at is more toward um, you know the asset appreciation side okay. rather than the the development the renovation aspect of the real estate interesting so I did some research um, I never even though we have a real estate background I never really niched it down that much. right right Within real estate, there's like 20, 30 different niches, like commercial yes. real estate. Within commercial real estate, you have like niches, like retail, land assembly, yeah. multifamily, that's commercial. So there's multiple niches right now. Um, now, just tell me tell me more. Like, can we go specific, zone in on just like one property, let's say one unit, yes. and tell me how you actively manage it? Okay, I could tell you um, uh, how <clears throat> I got to, you know, purchasing that property, why sure. I do it, right? Because uh, actually, um, in terms of the real estate investment business, mm -hmm. management is only a, a small, small aspect of it. How about Where this? majority of money is made mm -hmm. and how you can reach uh, 
build your wealth, uh, build your equity, it's actually making the right decision, picking the right asset class to buy, and having mm. um, the, the market appreciation. That is the main part of the business. Okay. Management are usually uh, outsourced. Uh, we have a, you know, a management yeah. team that goes, collects the rent, and they're doing the day-to-day -day stuff. Okay, so so let's leave the operations aside. I think we should put more emphasis on how you found the deal. Yes, exactly. Um, it's like buying a stock, right? It's yeah. buying the stock that goes up. Sure. Let, let's do this way, just for our audience. Let's pick your most profitable, okay, the best deal mm -hmm. that you currently own. Why don't you go over how you found it? Uh, what was the condition then? Yeah. What was your logic behind making this decision? Yeah. How do you hold on to it? Is there any difficulties that came up? Why don't yeah. we just talk about that? Sure. Okay, well, um, one of the deals that we purchased, it's in Windsor, Ontario. Um, it's a 17-unit apartment building mm -hmm. at the, it's a 670 Cameron Road um, in Windsor. It's really close to the downtown area yeah. of Windsor and we picked that project up for $800,000 and today um, you know it's worth north of uh, 2.5 million dollars yeah so the amount of capital dollars. we put in for that yeah. deal initially for the down payment is only 150,000 mm. wow. so if you Amazing. look at the the return yeah, 10x return it's right higher there. yeah so we talk about 10x so, return so that's yeah. where um, that's a good deal real estate is actually like uh, especially multi-family yeah it's a good asset class to do okay and we have done numerous deals where um sometimes where the the owner would finance mm. uh, your down payment as well mm, so your, your amount of down payment is actually um you know it's it's not as high as uh it is and it depends on the market condition so you're saying that you put down one hundred fifty thousand dollars, yeah. and the owner finance a portion of it, yeah. and the bank finance a yeah. portion of it. Yeah, interesting. So, yeah. tell me exactly how you came across this deal, how you structured it, yeah. and any challenges. Well, I was already a known player in yeah. in that uh, scene at that time. We were the uh, the biggest multifamily mm -hmm. buyer. In a small town called Windsor, Ontario. Okay. What's the population? Uh, population is about, in, including the outer yeah, rims and stuff, about half a million uh, people. That's and they're bad. the 10 largest yeah. city in Canada. Oh, that's actually pretty good. Yeah, so they're yeah. like, bigger but if you look at smaller cities like mm -hmm. uh, in Canada, it could go really like, smaller. Oh, yeah. Usually yeah. about 100 something thousand. Yeah. Those ones, um, based on my experience, mm -hmm. I tend to avoid right now Why? because of the potential for appreciation is very very low um, compared to where a, a city it's enough to support um, they have an airport they have uh, you know they they are more known and then they have uh, you know, Walmart coming in and all those you could see the tremendous growth yeah. compounding it and right now if you look at uh, Windsor Ontario mm -hmm. they have a uh, you know a five billion dollar project doing oh, the, the largest battery plant in North America is wow. being built there. Amazing. Right? So, so if your city <clears throat> size is not enough, not sufficient, you will not have um, the ability to attract those large uh, projects. Can I ask you, just for the audience, would you have, let's say, a checklist that if you go through the whole checklist, if you get 80% on it, passing grade, you would just pick this as the market? 
Yeah. Is that something that you have? Yeah, and, and normally it's it's not a, a fixed checklist. Yeah. It's just a overall a few. Ideally, what I'm looking for, mm -hmm. right? So that's a good. You're looking question. for growth, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Ideally, that's the biggest thing. What I'm looking for is growth, cash flow, right? Mm -hmm. So at the time, and I'm also looking for what you call marginal safety. So yeah. what that means is that if I could buy this uh, piece of real estate where it's worth, let's say, of across Canada, right, to buy a one bedroom, it's worth a hundred thousand mm -hmm. dollars. But if you could pay thirty thousand dollars for that uh, one bedroom unit, then you know, hey, you got a deal, which is is below its construction cost. That's like seventy percent off. To be honest, if you yeah. can find anything, so, let me know. So that's that's <laughs> where, right? Yeah. So when people see it's a good deal. Right, when you know it's a good deal. You you could know you it's know a, it's good, a good, deal good deal, and it's come uh, screaming at you, right? But that's only when you have studied enough, you have seen enough yeah. deals, you have been a market participant, and the most important thing is not to be fearful, yeah. right? When everybody's fearful and when everybody's listening to news, they're skeptical, they're they're um, you know they're confused mm -hmm. about what's happening in the overall market. You have to be the one that. It's brave enough to take action after you have done your homework. Yeah, you, you know what's funny? I in my real estate career, I have encountered hundreds of investors, very smart and very not so smart investors. <laughs> yeah. I know people that got stuck with their capital in the land and the prices fall off twenty percent. Yeah, two thousand seventeen, two thousand eighteen. Yeah, couldn't recover. Yeah. I knew people that went in the market two thousand eighteen, nineteen when the market was down, and they used. They well, might kill They yeah. make killing. It's yes, sold yes. in 2021, yeah. 22. Um, so, what differentiates a smart investor versus a normal investor? Well, generally, I, I like um, Warren Buffett's quote, right? When right. other people are fearful, you should be the one that is. Right. You know? When other people, and when other yeah. people are bold, you should be fearful. Okay, so we talk about the investor, what differentiates it. We talk about Warren Buffett. And we talk. Let, let's go back to your commercial deal that you said it was very profitable. You made ten x your initial investment, grew from one hundred fifty thousand dollars your down pay, mm -hmm. all the way up to let's say uh, two point four million dollars, and your profit is like one point five million. Okay, let's talk about that deal. What was your decision making process to acquire that deal? Okay. Who helped you along the way? Right. So along the way, um, what happened was I. I already gained a bit of track record, mm -hmm. right? As buying uh, single-family houses, condos, and they end up to be, uh, you know, yeah. to be winners. And that's how I got my initial capital, and but most importantly, my confidence. Right, right. Once I have the confidence, I, I know I understand a little bit more about the market. I understand a little bit more about real estate investing. Then I start doing multifamily deals, mm. and that's where the huge um, upside. It's been experienced uh, really through the uh, the understanding of the asset class right. and being comfortable with it, right? Okay. So um, at that time where I buy those uh, properties, I have no expectation to see it grow to such a huge amount. They actually exceeded um, your expectations. You, yeah, and, and a, a lot of people were surprised that Windsor, the city itself, became the top city for growth for multiple years. Mm, That's because. As we know, right, what happened with with the the Canadian government is they put a lot of immigrants, they put mm -hmm. a lot of uh, refugees into uh, Windsor, Ontario, to fill up those vacancy places and mm. support the city, right? So as we understand more about the overall aspect of um, 
of the economy and yeah. how things work, you become a better investor in that sense. I, I guess it's your foresight because you know that the, from the country perspective, it's opening up to immigration. It always has in the yeah. past 20 years. And then there were wars that were happening, so they sent refugees over here and they moved the refugees Obviously, yeah, not to, to the warmest to, city. Yeah, well, they <laughs> it's moved like a the gift. refugees in Canada, not <laughs> like, to not to Vancouver and and expensive real estates, yeah. right? Because there like, are let's, let's find expensive. you the coldest and the darkest place in well, the city, well, <laughs> and you move there. <laughs> well, they, okay. they they move people to where it's the most yeah. affordable cities. Right. So if you look at the whole uh, dynamic and the whole structure in, in Canada, is that. Uh, the, the government likes supporting what they call the underdog, the, the one mm. is that needs the most help, right? And why does Windsor gone to that state? Yeah. Because of uh, Detroit, right? Windsor does a lot of car parts for Detroit, right? And all those smaller car parts are outsourced to uh, Windsor, Ontario. And Windsor, Ontario is the manufacturing capital of the whole Canada. Oh. So so what happened is as Detroit come down in value and they crash, right? You see on the news yeah. all those negative yeah. stuff, uh, you know, where uh, we chose uh, Windsor is because of the government, as Canadian government, they would come and try to support the city and try to revitalize the city. And so, that's exactly what they have. So let me ask you, um, obviously there's risk involved, right? Yes. For example, with Detroit, Detroit, the city came back. At one point, they were selling real estate for something ridiculous, for like a dollar. Yeah, a yeah, dollar. Just so people can go in and pay taxes. Everybody's fear. So your bet was that Canadian government will go in and support Windsor, uh, and yeah. your bet pay off. It wasn't necessarily too much of a bet because at that time, somehow <clears throat> inside of me, yeah. um, I know analytically if you're buying things that is below the cost of mm -hmm. um, production, right? So, we, like I mentioned that example, right? A condo may worth $100,000. If you could pay $30,000 for it, and you look at the across in Canada, right? Even uh, where uh, the government support mm -hmm. uh, welfares. Yeah. At, at let's say uh, you know let's say nine hundred dollars a month, right? You know it's sustainable because the government's there to support them. Mm -hmm. So that's why the city would not go into um, it's 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 just an understanding the whole aspect of the picture and understanding what risk. A lot of people could not uh, define it properly, but risk has to do with value. Right, so you have to understand what the value is of the asset, intrinsic values are. So, so in this case, let's go back. So, first of all, you pick the right market, yeah, and from the right market, you pick the right asset class, yeah, and from the right asset class, you pick the right deal, okay? yeah, and so, then eventually the lastly the right management team, the right yes. team. So you, right. you just play the four. So let's let's structure like four pillars. Patrick's four pillars, okay, okay. of real estate investment for building a $20 million empire. Okay. <laughs> Copyright that. <laughs> so the four pillars, let's go in one by one, attack it one by sure. one, okay? So how you came across making decisions. So first of all, out of top 10 cities yeah. in Canada, yes. how do you pick Windsor? Well, I was looking for the most undervalued, mm -hmm. with, uh, so that means cash flow, right? Right. Uh, just, um, you know, and hold on, hold on one sec. When you say undervalued, I think you were mentioning that the 
market price is below the cost that it would take to produce. Yeah. That's what you mean by undervalue, right? Yes, and also by the typical average housing price, right? Yeah. If I look at uh, at that time, an average house in Canada might worth three hundred fifty thousand dollars, right? Right, and if you could pick one up at that time for eighty thousand, a hundred thousand, it's pretty. And good. you're you're buying in a city that's of a decent size, right? Mm -hmm. You're not looking in, in a city that's in like ten thousand people. You're looking at a very decent right. top ten city. So so that all aspect of it came to its valuation, and it's completely, um, you know, completely weighted by the asset manager like uh, by the investor itself you have to be able to um to compare uh certain things and, and come to your own conclusion yeah. the audience might experience all of a sudden a the very brightness. bright light <laughs> well, that that shows that part, perhaps you know it's a preparation this, work it's yeah but you know that's my fault you're <laughs> no, no, better no. enough <laughs> don't worry about that i, I <laughs> the think second podcast i'm trying yeah. to get used to the whole process right here i think what happened is yeah. that uh you know at least they Hopefully they get some of the ideas and they could brighten their own uh, yeah, like yeah, wake brighten, up brighten their own future, right? With brighten your right, own life. Right decision. Yeah, okay, so now you can brighten your own future. So we go back to Patrick's four pillars of $20 million empire, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, so number one, we have the overall market picking and we talked about the top 10 cities, yeah. how you decide on Windsor. Were there any other cities that you were looking into? Let's say, do you yes. find the top three that was also undervalued? No, that, that is, uh, you know, uh, so far, from what I recall, yeah. after all the research, that points to that's the city itself. So that yeah. so all the research pointed you to yeah. Windsor, the city. Yeah. Okay, yeah. good. So that's the first pillar. And then the second pillar, you have, so it was the market. Second is the, you know, finding the deal, was it? And then the third one was operations. Yeah. So, so uh, the anyway. way I invest is yeah. I focus on the city first. The okay. city, the way I feel that it's its own um, oh, yeah, macro, uh, <clears throat> macro organism. Okay, right? so you, you found the city. Yeah. You identified the market. Yeah. And then you were trying to niche down. Okay? Yeah, asset class. Yeah. Asset class. So you were trying to figure out would it be commercial, retail, oh, land assembly, yeah. pure land for development yeah. purposes, multifamily. Um, single family, two bedroom, townhouses, do, there's so many sure. products. Let's talk about asset class. What are you doing to decide on which asset class so, you So pick? that's actually a yeah. uh, good question because at that time, if I bought the wrong mm -hmm. asset class, I would not have uh, experienced the amount of gain that I have. What In terms of that, what is the wrong asset class? When a city is going, uh, downhill mm -hmm. and it's on the recovery you do not want to pick up asset that's like development project and stuff like that because that's a long way to mm -hmm. um to actually uh yeah giving you that return you need as an investor so, so at that time yeah. uh uh well because if we have picked up them let's say if you bought a let's say a, a development site it's gonna sit there for years right? yes why because uh, the the property there is selling under the price of development cost, and you're not right? gonna so, have so, a developer. Develop yeah, it. so you would not put money in to build a, a twenty story mm. building. At that case, where nobody will buy from you because they will be buying a resale market that's hugely underpriced. Yeah. So developer market is not there. So you you cross that out. Uh, but what you focus on at that time is 
also you try to avoid commercial building at that time. Oh, so why commercial building? Why? why? Because at that time when the economy is bad, when when they're undergoing uh, recovery, the hardest hit still and the least supported asset class still are the retail shops, the commercial office, and those got mm-hmm. vacancy. Now, why we pick multifamily residential? Very clearly, was that because we're in a socialist society, the government's always write checks, write checks to people that is going <laughs> so, so to um, social housing. Indirectly, right? your customer became the government. Yeah, exactly, right? So there's people living on it, but the government yeah. pays you. And that's why you could pick up, so that's why you come to evaluating risk. A lot of people think, oh, you know, it could market go up and down. No, but you have to think more deeply into, hey, What's the source of revenue we're going to get in? How we're going to support our debts and all that, right? So, as you look drill down into it, right? Our there was not a bet; it was an investment because our income source was covered. Mm, I see. Right. You see me? That's income the difference between the mentality of an investor and a speculator. Yeah. Um, I do both, right? But uh, mostly when I make the biggest decisions, the biggest move. Are more as an investor. investor. So, as investor, your risk are covered. Yeah. Then you need to be in a market where you can cover the risk. So I'll tell you how the risk work at that mm-hmm. time, right? At that time, we have um, buildings that selling at ten percent cap rate. Okay. Our, our cost of money is right. about four percent. So as soon as you acquire the building, mm-hmm. you're up six percent. Right. So it's on the cash flows, and also you have a lot of room to uh, for the. Uh, the cost itself, right? The for it to appreciate back to what the right. norm of the whole Canadian city is. So from uh, from thirty thousand dollars, could have gone to eighty thousand dollars in in terms of its uh, valuation. Interesting. Okay, so so let's go back to finding the multifamily oh, yeah, asset class. Asset class. Okay. Um, so at that time, you have land assembly. Let's say development site. You have commercial retail. Yeah. yeah. You have duplex. Townhouse, yeah. multiple and we things. skip all the single family house yes. at that moment, just because we notice multi family are uh, of fewer inventory, and it just allow us to instead of uh, buying a hundred houses, yeah. we just buy just one buy or one. two buildings, and that's enough to you know for uh, for us to to kind of capture this income. Okay, this. so 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 in this case, we mentioned that commercial um, as an asset class. In the economy recovery, it doesn't do as well as multifamily because multifamily is supported by the government. So therefore, you have a iron bull, we call it. Yeah. So somebody giving you money regardless of yeah, what you do, right? Yeah, the government's your best best client. Best, yeah. best client, yeah. absolutely. Okay, so let's move on to asset classes. Now, the next thing we talk about is how you find this deal. Right. Okay. Yeah. Out of let's say there's 20 multifamily deals on the market, how do you pick this one versus the other ones. Oh, it's funny because what we did come to at the market is when the market came down, there's a tons of deals uh, in the market. Nobody's buying, yeah. so there's mm-hmm. no multiple offer. We're the only players in town, and you were. Just- and we were feel as the crazy ones. Oh. Right? We're the crazy one at the market where hey, those guys came yeah. from BC. I don't know what the hell they're doing, but uh, you know they're picking, they're buying those buildings that yeah. nobody wants, right? And they're willing to give you the keys. So at that time, we're actually the ones that's actually buying every building mm. on the market, 
So of course we want to pick. Ideally, we acquire the ones that have the least amount of renovation mm -hmm. work, right? So we we're not in the renovating business. We're in the investment business. We we'll take over the asset and just uh, you know make a little spill changes, improve it a little bit, mm -hmm. and have the income stream come in and jack up the rent. Um, at the time when we're acquiring, we don't have the the luxury to jack up the rent. But after a year or two. As the market turns around, uh, our pieces play out. Yeah. Then we have the the option to increase to rent. Increase yeah. the rent. Perfect. Yeah. So, back then, let's say if there's twenty properties on the market, you go to every single property. Yeah. You yeah. get a realtor and you put an offer in, right? Yeah. Is that your strategy? Yeah, and because no one's competing with the, you. The good thing about uh, working in a small town, yeah. there's only a couple of like honestly, you could just there's only like three to four commercial realtors that's right. you know, big right. commercial realtors that holds on to all the deals. Ah. So all the time we did we spend the whole time every time we come in we buy a couple of deals from them, we spend the whole time networking with just just a few commercial realtors. Yeah. And they've been in the industry for like uh, you know for years, right? About 10, 20 years. So those are the guys that host <laughs> all the part they know everybody, right? Yeah. So so we pay and they open up their connections uh, this the, you know if the yeah. property owners and also when you're buying property mm -hmm. they'll just say like oh that property I know the owner right let's go talk to them so we pick up property that's not even in the market and that they weren't going to sell but they were just like oh there's a buyer potentially so yeah. they'll just pocket listing to define a pocket listing it just means it's not public it's not on the market not on MLS yeah. yeah, and and of course you know that too, right? Uh, Absolutely. Relationship, real estate is a relationship <coughs> game, and yeah. we have to show that with credible buyers, we close on deals. Mm -hmm. So uh, realtors themselves, would they will trust you. They trust me to open up their pocket listings, exactly. and that's how we find the best of deals. And we are known to uh, making action in that market. Absolutely, that yeah. no, that's so, truly. So amazing. it was a great time. We right. become the only player in town. Yeah, right? so. And so you find the right market, you know what the value is, you went in, you dominated it, and now you have properties that 10x in value. Okay, now, final part, operations. How are you managing And that's just on, on my side. We yeah. talk about our client side, it's more than that. Okay, so so these, on, what do you mean on your side? So um, what I did was when we were acquiring uh, properties mm -hmm. there, I also worked with uh, investors from uh, Hong Kong Himself right. as well, and we acquire together. We acquire more than fifty million dollars worth of asset. Mm -hmm. I'm more like a consultant on that part. Oh, like I see. help him build the empire himself, right. and he end up making way more. Oh. <laughs> he so you're an empire builder. Yeah. So, so the thing is, uh, the good thing is that mm -hmm. the experience itself, when we have alignment, we understand how each other works. We are building. Uh, we're building wealth together. Yeah, and that's why I like. That's what you want. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just winning with friends. Like what Ray Dalio said, you want to go through the jungle not by yourself, but with a team of people that you like, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So operations, you manage a hundred units, and you're managing other portfolios as well in Windsor, Ontario. Yeah. So basically, what we do is that we we pick a property management. Uh, we try a couple of big ones. Right. In the market, I didn't feel it was too good. We wanted more control, so what we did was we pick a local property manager 
and then we set up a system mm -hmm. with them and then because of the size of our portfolio yeah. we're able to um, dictate how things are run right mm -hmm. and management itself it's just uh, you know keeping the operation going mm -hmm. and uh, you know renovation here and there that that's pretty much it but it wasn't and it should not be a big part of mm -hmm. uh, your real estate business right the money is made on the acquisition on the vision on the equity growth yeah you know what I always heard that um, you make money when you buy in real estate yeah. yeah tell me about that like why do people tell you that you should make money when you buy well because you well in this case you're not really guessing right I'm yeah. not buying something <clears throat> let's say I'm not buying a, a prime real estate already uh, fully developed look the best and hoping the market to get mm -hmm. higher you can only get lucky so many times right and doing that strategy itself it's it's a hit and miss <laughs> right so uh, more f sophisticated investor would will look for hey this property I think it's worth this mm -hmm. I like the income of this property it's in a prime spot no other competition are looking to to bid against it maybe I could get a good deal let's try it yeah right so so that's a lot of uh, the better investor would would um, would go for those you know value value properties okay yeah. so let's go back to your Patrick Leung's 20 million dollar empire four pillars we have picking the right market picking the right deal and picking the right asset class, then you have to pick the right operator. Okay, yeah. so that's your four pillars. Since we talked about that, now let's talk about what most other investors are doing I've, in big markets. They're speculating, yeah. okay? So tell me about the difference between speculator versus you. Well, speculating, it's kind of, I'm buying at this thing, yeah. I just want to perhaps even ride a trend higher right right Can, oh, and and yeah. I'm not getting any special advantages okay so let, if you got a message for the speculators out there I know you're out there what would you tell them well you know uh, good luck the <laughs> <laughs> right? good luck good luck right I mean, good luck speculating it, it is uh, yeah. you know it, it is a way people could make money right too, right but it's you know I, I just prefer using this uh, this strategy, itself, yeah, right. Yeah. By undervalued assets, by paying way less than it's worth, and you know having a good size cities, uh, you know, in a good good size uh, economy. Perfect. Okay, so let's talk about the current status and let's talk about the future. Okay, so currently, what are you investing in? What deals are you looking at? Currently, I am putting together. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. I'm consolidating my assets and putting together a fund. Yeah, when, when you say consolidating your asset, what do you mean by that? Yeah, so I'm just um, selling, you know, buying. Yeah, I was just um, uh, selling some of the assets, yeah. but putting a pool of capital together, right? Taking some capital out mm -hmm. to put together to buy cash flow real estate. Okay, so you're buying more cash flow real estate. Yes, and okay. and I'm looking at in the future what I'm expecting is that I could see more of a distressed property being an opportunity here okay. and not necessarily in cash rich cities like Vancouver yeah. and, and uh, Toronto but I'll be looking toward more of the perhaps the second tier second second tier, second tier as in uh, no yeah the more undervalued again undervalued right, the, same yeah, the same strategy we're looking to, to do right so, so it's the same same thing over again and I find that it you know investing has to do with a lot of emotion too right like the the character the emotion the mindset 
Okay, so one thing that came out in Canada that's going to affect the play field. Now they have barred foreign buyers yeah. from purchasing here. Yes. There's also other changes. Yeah. Supply going up. People are selling more. Yeah. Um, interest rate up. That's a current status. And there's refugees, immigrants coming to Canada. Yeah. So going on from now for the next five to ten years, what do you see? I see very positive for Canada just because the amount of immigration numbers have been pushing higher. Yeah. And it, it, we just don't have enough supply, right? So eventually, uh, one side has to cave, and, mm -hmm. and we don't, like, right now, it's also kind of a little bit sad to see we are creating more homelessness, right? Mm -hmm. You see in major cities. So those have to Service. deal with the more supplies. Yeah. Um, and and there's no other choice but uh, for Canadian real estate to to um, you know to just uh, you know go up yeah. in this yeah. so so you're saying that because we don't have enough supply so in the long run five to ten years you yeah. still are confident in the market yeah. that the prices of Canadian yeah, real estate and, will go up yeah I could see it like instead yeah. of maybe one family living in a house you got like two or three families living and in a going house. forward right so that uh, you know that's what it takes for it um, to to uh, support and it takes time to build real estate yeah and to do development it takes many years it but does. the amount yeah. of people coming in and the amount of demand that exists here already is creating yeah so that's actually a good yeah. point Clarissa just mentioned <clears throat> right so what we're seeing is that a lot of developers are kind of like holding back the projects mm -hmm. and exactly. delaying but that also because of this short-term interest rate rise it would create a, a squeeze in supply yes uh, further down the road so what happened is it's fair market right in the short term because of this huge change mm -hmm. you're lowering the amount of uh, inventory being rolled out three years from now so three years from now will be a very good market and of course right now you want to position yourself in the right um, right city right place to mm -hmm. get to take advantage of this opportunity right okay so what kind of can you give us a specific secondary market that you'll be looking into personally uh, currently I'm looking to Alberta okay uh, exactly where I can disclose you know because yeah. I have yeah you know, What's no, 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 you don't have to give yeah. that, you don't have yeah, to give that, I, no, 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 we there's only a handful yeah. of deals. We do, right, there's only a handful yeah. of deals. Though. There's only a handful yeah. of deals. Yeah. Okay, great.